Hello and welcome to another edition of Renew to Win. I'm your host, your Bible teacher, uh, Michael Carroll, and I'm so happy to be with you today. Uh, you know, today there's a lot happening at Renew to Win, and God God is really moving. I'm excited about the future. Um, thank you for, for everybody that's watching the videos, uh, liking the posts. Uh, we're, we're definitely a growing ministry. Uh, not because of anything that I'm doing, but because the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I just want you to know that that if you if you have found this ministry, if you have found these videos, you may very well be one of the chosen ones. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of lot of study on that. We are in the last days, and it just seems to me that God is God seems to be grouping me with together with other strong believers strong chosen ones um and he's doing that for a reason because because i do believe that that we have a purpose to play in, in these last days um so so again i'm going to be uh um doing some spiritual warfare training and uh so, just so you know what what you're up against in, in these last days i do uh i do do one-on-one -on -one ministry coaching where, where we do tr tackle the subject of spiritual warfare if you've been if, if you've lived your life up to this point where where you, you just seem as if nothing has been working out um and, and you can't figure out why or, or maybe maybe relationships that have fallen apart and, and, and you don't really know why uh and and you're a believer in christ there's a good chance that that you are a chosen one and that you are in the midst of a spiritual battle. So there'll be more on that to come. I hope to get that up quickly and uh, to move forward with that. So anyways, today we are uh, continuing with our, our study of how to live as an effective Christian leader in, in a lost world. How to be different, how to stand out, how to make your life matter, how to be, how to be light in the darkness. So before we begin, let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, we invite you into this message, God. We glorify you. We honor you always, Lord. Not with just our words, but, but with our actions, our thoughts. God, we no longer want the things of this world. We seek you. We seek your goodness, your direction, your guidance, Lord. The, the things of the world are, are, are fading away, Lord. We know that until you come again, we do have a job to do on this earth, and we take up that job eagerly, Lord. And we move forward with, with your strength, your power. We put on the full armor of God, Lord. We know, God, that, that you're coming soon, but until until you do come, Lord, we need to we need to get as many people as possible, Lord, pointed in the right direction, knowing you, God, going from a, a destiny where they were heading to hell to a destiny where where they're spending all of eternity with you and, and with your goodness. God, let today's message glorify you, honor you. Let it teach those that, that watch it, listen to it, um, or, or read it on, on the website. We give you all the glory, and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're we're continuing our study on um, the types of people that God uses when when He does call you out of the world, and, and and the types of characteristics that that will will help you 
to to lead in this in this world that just continues to to day by day just uh, fall apart. And it's funny because when I talk to people about that, I've, I'm told, "Hey, don't be so negative." Don't. Be. But but the the thing is, when when I say this, I, I am not being negative. I'm I'm full of hope because I look forward to that day when Jesus returns, and and we we move on to a a better existence in heaven. So so to to unbelievers, this sounds like an incredible negative message. Um, but but the people who truly believe and understand what's happening. It is a message of hope. Um, so, so if you're not a believer and you come across this video you, you, or, or this audio and you're listening to this, please contact us at renewed2win at gmail.com. Let us give you a, a talk. Let's talk to you about um, what's going on in your life. Um, let's let's move you forward out of that world of darkness into a, a, a place of light. So after all that, let's begin. The first the first thing I want to talk about today is um, how God uses Christians who build up others. And the scripture for, for this part is John thirteen three to five. And it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mail, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You see, you build others up when you know who you are. When you're living your full potential. When, when you have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, and you can sit quietly and experience the, the, all the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus is your guide. So you have to get to that point where, where you really know who you are. Um, see, in John 13, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you wash somebody else's feet? <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought about that? Uh, but if you know who you are, you see, you, you will, you'll do these things. You'll learn to do these things. Uh, you may never, really, let's be honest, you may never really have to wash somebody else's feet. But the, the point is, you, you do things to serve other people, to, to build them up. Um, so in John 13, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And he was able to do that because he knew who he was. Let me ask you this. What could you do if you knew who you are in Jesus Christ? If you knew exactly what he had done, and, and you, you, you not, just, not just on the surface, but... but your whole being began to understand exactly what happened at the cross, exactly why Jesus came, why he, he, was, he was crucified, and, and why he rose again. Um, what can you do? What can you do if you, if you knew who, who you were? were? And I'm going to ask you to, to pray about that over the coming days and weeks so you get a sense of that. You see, Christians who aren't sure of their identity in Jesus, 
worry too much about what the world thinks. You see, le Christians who aren't sure of their identity will damage their, their ability to lead others. And it's quite honest, you can't share what you don't have. So until you get to that point where, where you know God, you know Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to live an effective Christian life. Now that doesn't mean you have to have years of study under your belt, and quite the opposite. You just have to have come to a place where, where you have a personal relationship. You see, insecure Christians at one point or another will self-destruct. And, and there's reasons for that. They can't share the victories in their life. They want to keep the victories to, to themselves. And I find that a lot with, with people who, who um, go out and try to like save others. But they do it as a competition. And, and they do it and, and they kind of keep score. That's not the right attitude. That's not the right heart to, to go out and, and win souls. Because um, if you force somebody into a decision, more than likely they're, they're, they're not turning their, their will and their lives over to the care of God. And insecure Christians cannot share their defeats. They're afraid of the criticism and the embarrassment, the, the pain and the fear that come along with, with, with being temporarily defeated. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the law of empowerment. You know, many years ago, I heard... Um, it, it was it was shared. I, I forgot where I heard it, but but in an, in an example, um, somebody used there's there's two seas in Israel. One is called the Sea of Galilee, and the other is called the Dead Sea. There's for, for this particular example, and, and they're they're actually quite different, and and it illustrates the. The big difference between secure and insecure Christians. So in the Sea of Galilee, it's 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 full of life. Um, it's got it's got you know life inside of it, living living creatures. Uh, it's it's just beautiful. The scenery's um, you know it's got it's got things living along the edge of it, and and it's just a, a, a beautiful thing to to witness. And then there's there's the sea that, called the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea there there's really not a lot of life there. It, it, it looks dead. Um, there, there's not the, the scenery is just kind of like blah. Um, there, there's not much to it. And the big difference between the two is is the Sea of Galilee. It takes in water from from a river, right? But but the the water doesn't stay there, the the water goes out the other end and continues to irrigate and to and to bless other people downstream and, and to and to um, be used. Where on the other hand, the the Dead Sea, the water flows in and it just stays there, and, and that's the that's the best way to to share the difference between. Secure Christians and insecure Christians. See, secure Christians don't have to worry. They know that everything good comes from God. They don't hold on to what God gives them. They, they fr freely bless other people. They pass it along. They pass it on. And, and they're, 
their lives are generally rich, beautiful, beautiful things to watch unfold. The 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 insecure Christians, on the other hand, they're they're afraid. They they don't truly trust God. So so when they're blessed with something, uh, an ability or or uh, material um, or spiritual uh, things, they keep it. They don't share it. They don't give it away. And it's usually evident in, in their life where, where there's not a lot going on in their life. Uh, they're not really making a difference. Um, and, and a lot of times it manifests itself in uh, very selfish behavior. So let's take, a, let's take a look at the two. Let's take a look first at the, the Sea of Galilee and look at the, the secure Christians. See, they, they, focus, on, they focus on serving. They, they want to share the goodness of, of God with everybody they, they come in contact with. The next thing is, is they focus on, on who they are in, in God. They know that the things of the world don't matter too much, so they're more than willing to, to look bad in order to save others. They're not caught up in, in, in all of this, uh, you know, success depends on, on the phone you have or the, the car you drive or, or all of this. But, but, but they, are, they are children of God, and, and they, they focus on that. They focus on making others better. And, and one of the things that I always challenge people to, to do is to become a life changer. Make sure every single person you come in contact with, um, every interaction you have today, whether in person or electronically or, or over the phone, make sure you change that other person's life for the better. It's, it's up to you. You have the ability to do that. Um, who are you going to meet today? Make their life better. It's simple. Learn to add value to others' lives. Don't keep all of your gifts. Freely give them away. Give them, share them. Share the goodness of God with everybody you come in contact with. And uh, secure Christians also share their authority with others. Learn to give it away. Learn to give everything you have. And you'll be amazed at the blessings that just pour into your life. Uh, maybe not in the way that you expect it, but, but there will be blessings. God will take care of you. Um, you'll never go without that. That I can personally guarantee. Um, and then now let's look at the, the insecure Christians. See, they focus on the title or the position. Um, they may be, you know, managers in their person, in their life, in their work life. They may be pastors of churches. Um, they may be the captain of the football team if, if you're in school. Um, but but their their position is is really important. Um, they, they may they may not even have a position, but they may seek to look to make themselves look more important, so that the the world sees them as having a position. Um, I remember years ago when I was doing youth ministry, we, we had a a volunteer. Um, we we had the youth come in; they were volunteering. We were doing a fundraiser, and it was a Valentine's dinner. And I remember this one particular youth. His assigned job was to work the, the coat room. So these couples would come in, 
and they dropped their coat off in the courtroom. Um, and, and he wouldn't he wouldn't do it because he thought the job was too lowly for himself. And it wasn't until he saw me doing it that he was okay with it, because I was I was the head of the ministry at the time. And the the, the point is, he was too worried that people would think it was such a lowly position rather than just serving for for to glorify God and and to. Um, Bring the God, bring God into everybody's life, no matter what position you are in. Um, insecure Christians, they focus on the the image, their image. They they pay attention to social media, they pay attention to what's important in the world. Um, they they buy the the latest gadgets, they they buy the new clothes all the time. Um, they're they're always wanting to look like they're successful and, and quite honestly many times they're they're not uh insecure christians focus on status same thing you, you know how many likes they get on their social media posts um who's following them on, on social media that that kind of stuff uh and and they gain value from from other people so they take from other people but they they don't they don't uh, give give away. They don't they don't share. They don't um, use the gifts that God has given them to, to to pass on to make other people's lives better. And they keep their their God given authority to themselves. And quite quite honestly, if you're not sharing your God given authority, that's the best way to lose it. Um, because because you will you will lose it, whether God takes it away from you and chooses it to give it to somebody else. Or you just get complacent in your walk with God and 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 stop serving and, and, and walk away. Okay, so next. God uses Christians who depend on the Holy Spirit. Um it's it's kind of funny that the way I came into ministry, uh you, you know, years ago, um back back in the early two thousands, I remember I had lost my job. And the economy wasn't so good at the time, and I was I was not sure in which direction God was leading me. Um, so I was praying and praying and praying, uh, and, and then one day, God God said, um, "Michael, become a high school." What I thought God was saying was, "Michael, become a high school math teacher." And that excited me because because I, I I had direction and and I thought God was leading me to to become a high school teacher math teacher. Through throughout the process, I learned that um, in order to be a, a high school math teacher, um, I was going on interviews and 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 uh, I was coming up against the same problem and and the interviewers. We're, we're asking the same question. Well, do you have an experience working with teenagers? And to that, I, I honestly had to say no. Um, I didn't believe that I actually liked teenagers at, at this point in my life. Um, I was 30-something years old, and, and I had gotten through my teen years, and, and why would I want to go back to that? Uh, so so anyways, I did want to, to, to have a job, and I thought being a teacher would be a a great way to spend my time summers off like like they get um you know a, a day where they get out at, at uh you know high school in, in the united states um two o'clock 
So I began to pursue trying to get experience working with with uh, teenagers. So at the point at this time, I went to my church and I talked to one of the pastors there. I, I wasn't in ministry at this time. And I said, listen, I'm trying to become a high school math teacher. I need experience working with teenagers. What can I do? So he put me in contact with the with the youth pastor at the point at that time and I began working with the teenagers and it was an instant fit. It was it was like I, I was running from it my whole life. But the point is when when I turned my will over to God, finally allowed the Holy Spirit to, to lead me. Um, and the rest is history. You, you know, I, I continue to work in ministry for, for um, a, a, a church before I started my own ministry here at Renewed to Win for, for 12 years. And it all started because I turned my will over to the Holy Spirit and I kept taking steps, even though I wasn't sure where, where God was leading me. And, and, you know, I look back on it now and it's, it's all clear. But but I was I was trusting the Holy Spirit and, and that's that's what you need to learn to trust the Holy Spirit even when you don't understand. You know, Ephesians five, eighteen to twenty says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to, to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I want to talk about Peter in, in the New Testament. Um, yeah, the, the Peter who, who denied Jesus. Um, he also became a hero in the end. But, but you talk to a lot of people, and he's known for the one that denied Jesus. So Matthew 26, 35 says, Peter said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, the very night, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Um, so Peter, Peter said that to Jesus, but the, the point is in the, in the biblical account, um, Jesus did in fact, uh, I'm sorry, Peter did in fact do what Jesus said. He, he denied the Lord. Um, but he became one of the most courageous disciples in, in, in the Bible, um, he was one of the strongest leaders in the New Testament towards towards um, the, the the end of his life uh, after af actually after Jesus was crucified. But first, Peter denied Jesus, uh, and then later he became one of the most courageous leaders in the New Testament. See, it wasn't until after Peter realized who he was that he displayed. The, the character traits of a true, true Christian leader. Um, he, he was, he was spirit-filled. Acts 4, 8 says that Peter, is, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with self. Worried about what was going to happen in, in his life. Before Pentecost, he was self-centered, selfish, 
and self-sufficient. And quite honestly, that, that describes most people, um, the, the, the common human tendencies is to be looking out for self. And this caused, in Peter's life, this caused uh, inconsistency, instability, and actually denying Jesus. But you see, in Acts, in Acts 2, Peter is filled with the Spirit of the resurrected Christ, the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 3, Peter and John begin to serve the Lord in a spirit of unity. They, they weren't worried about position. They, they weren't worried about status. They weren't worried about how they looked to the world around them. And, and they became so powerful in, in, their, in their service to, to, to God. Uh, they developed a passion to reach a lost world. They were life changers. They became those, those life changers that I was talking about earlier. They shared a common goal. What was the common goal? To use the Holy Spirit to, to spread the gospel, to spread the good news of what had happened through, through Jesus. His life, his ministry, uh, his, his earthly death, and, and his rising from the grave. They stopped competing with each other. Imagine what would happen in this world if every one of us stopped acting, competing against each other and acted like we were on the same team. Think of the good that we can make before Jesus does return. Think of the lives we could save. Think of the, the, the eternal destinies that we can point in the right direction. And, you know, they stopped seeking recognition and honor. It became all about him, not not themselves. Um, they were Peter was uh, Peter became Christ centered. In Acts four twelve, Peter continues to proclaim the name of Jesus. Uh, he boldly declared to the to the rulers, to the elders, and the teachers of the law that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men in which we must be saved. He spent his life doing this. After the early failure, he turned his life over to, to the care of the Holy Spirit, to the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit, and he turned around. He, he, he sent his entire life in, in a new trajectory. The Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the ability to, to share Jesus gives us the ability to, to stand on our own two feet and, and do what, what most people will never, being a, will never be able to do, whether they're Christians, well, uh, if, Christians, Christians who are, do not allow themselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit will never experience this. They, they will never experience the boldness and the strength, the, the strength that's not, not their own, to, to stand up in a lost and dying world, and try to save a few. Everybody who experiences the work of God will put Jesus first before everything else. They, they dedicate their lives to, to saving the lost, to pulling the lost out of these spiritual battles that they've been engaged in in, in, in their in their whole life um feeling lost not knowing why why these things are happening
they they will seek to show others a better life. Spirit-filled disciples share Jesus in five ways. And, and let me be clear, you, you can't be a spirit-filled disciple unless you have evidence of the Holy Spirit in, in, your, in your life. And the Galatians 5, 22 to 23, uh, it's a passage that talks about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And there's certain things and, and character attributes that you need in your life that, that show that, that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you have, in fact, you are working, walking with the Holy Spirit. And what are they? Well, you should go look yourself. You should go read that passage. But just really quickly, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're not exhibiting these characteristics on a regular basis, and I'm not saying always because we are human and, and we do um, react with human emotions, but your life should show these characteristics more often than, than not. Um, so if you're not living your life with these characteristics, you have to, you have to start by, by inviting the Holy Spirit in. And, and He will come if you invite Him. So, Spirit-filled disciples share Jesus in five ways. One, they, they talk. He's the topic of their conversations. And, and again, you know, through the Holy Spirit, you have discernment. Um, you, know, you know when to talk and when not to talk. Um, th there's a lot, of, a lot of friends that I have that, that I'll, I'll talk about Jesus and their relationship with Jesus when when the time is right um, I can't do it always because it will it will it will ruin opportunities to uh, to possibly share him in the future um, so so I just um, I trust the Holy Spirit in, in, in those conversations uh, they share they share Jesus by the action they take. They make sure that what they do is consistent with what they say. I know this is really hard for a lot of Christians to understand, but, but you can't talk Christianese and go out and live a, a life that's contrary to, to, to what you share with people. That's called a hypocrite. That will not allow you to work for God's kingdom on a consistent basis. The next one is attitude. You see, spirit-filled disciples of Jesus have an attitude. There, there's a light that is undeniable. You can, you can look. So many times people have, have come up to me that, that I don't even know. And they just said, there, there's just something about you. And it, it's, it's opened up conversations. It's it's the way that I choose to live my life. I choose to focus on the good, the light, the positive. Um, there, there's a lot of bad stuff happening in my life right now, and 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 quite honestly, I trust God to get me through it. He he's never fallen me, um, and, and he's he's proven that as long as I do His work, He takes care of me, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, in, in every area of my life. 
The next one is love. Spirit-filled disciples have unconditional love for everyone, regardless of who they are, what they believe, what they've done. Um, now, there's a big difference between loving a, a human and, and liking them. Um, I don't have to like every single person that God has created. In fact, we have there. There are such stark differences in in my personalities with other people that that I don't have to. I don't have to um, like them, but I do have to love them. You, you know, in a dark world, in a world that seems to be falling apart, uh, there, there's a lot of people that are making lifestyle choices that I don't particularly agree with. I'm not going to go. Hang out. I'm not going to go out to dinner with them, but I am there for them to 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 love them the way God has loved me. Praise, spirit-filled disciples. Praise. They have the ability to share God in difficult situations, no matter what you're going through. Um, there's always good in your life. Sometimes it takes sitting down with a, a, a pen and, and a piece of paper and and going through your life and, and creating a gratitude list. list. Uh, in fact, when you're going through difficult times, you should learn to do that on a regular basis. Don't just think about it. Write it down on paper and then read it over. You'll be amazed at the, at the praise um, you, you'll be able to give God because, because of all that he's done for you even though you are, are going through difficult situations. Uh, stewardship. Spirit-filled disciples freely give their time, talents, energy, money to, to the kingdom work, to doing whatever God has called them to do. Uh, they're Christ-like. Acts 4.13 When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, the crowds saw, they saw Jesus in Peter and John. Does that happen to you? Do, 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 the, do your personal encounters in, in life reflect Jesus. Can people look at you and say that Jesus is a part of your life? You see, the life of Peter and John reflects the life of Jesus, and so, so should it you in your life. Jesus is seen in ordinary people who surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. What do people see when they look at your life? Is Jesus there? You know, I, I recently had a conversation with somebody that I know. Um, I'll just call him John. And, and I, I, I challenge people that are in my life that, that refer to themselves as Christians uh, to, to, to do more. In these last days, we all, all hands on deck. We have, to, we have to get as many saved as possible. So I was talking to him one day, and, and I... I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to, to challenge him to something. I said, hey, John, listen, you understand that we're living in the last days. He said, yep. 
you understand that we need to get as many souls saved as possible. He said, yeah. I said, well, well I, I feel led to challenge you to something. I, I want you to, to do something that, that I've been doing myself. Um, talk, to, talk to at least one person every day outside of your circle of influence about Jesus. And his answer was, well, well I don't really know that many people. And I said, well, well, you go to the grocery store, right? You, 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 you go, you go to Walmart. You go to, um, you, you get coffee. I, I don't particularly buy coffee out, but but I know a lot of people do. I challenge you. And then he he took a step back and he realized that that I kind of spiritually cornered him. I didn't, I didn't mean to, um, but then he started joking. He said, so. So, if I don't help save people, there'll be less people in heaven, right? And I said, yeah. And then he answered, he, he said, well, well, isn't it better to have less people? And, and, and I, got, I got really frustrated with him because, first off, heaven is, is unlimited in space and size and scope. Um, but, but that was his way of, of fearfully backing out of a challenge and he knew it came from God he knows me well um, he knows I don't say things unless I I have the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life so what do people see when they look at your life do they see the work of the Holy Spirit do they see Jesus do they see God moving is Jesus there okay so the next one is God uses leaders who live with integrity and the basic, um, the, the question that, that this is all about, it comes down to who is in control? Who is in control of your life? Is it you? You can't live, in, you can't live with integrity without the Holy Spirit, without God lead, leading the way, without putting Jesus first. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27 says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it for a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. See, having a heart of integrity is absolutely essential for living a Christian life of, of discipleship, of serving Jesus. Discipleship is based on trust. And integrity allows influence and I do have news for you the good guys do win um, if, if you're always worried that if you decide to live a life of integrity you might be missing out on on things along the way in life you, you will you will experience God's goodness in such a way as as most people will never realize you need to learn to work harder on integrity than you do on your image Again, this is this is uh, 
something that the world struggles with. They're, they're too interested in how they look than, than worrying about who they actually are. You need to live the truth before you, you lead other people into the truth. You need to learn to let your light shine. And I, I touched on this a little bit earlier. You are a light in a dark world. People look, when they're lost, they, they look for the beacons of light. In fact, if, 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 you ever, if you ever get lost at night in the woods, um, the, 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 the moon can be a guiding light. The stars can be guiding lights. People look for lights for direction, and that's, that's what you can be in your life. Charm attracts people, but only integrity will keep them. This is seen in the latest boy bands, the latest Hollywood stars, uh, the latest sports figures. Uh, people are attracted to them because on the surface they, they, they look like they're, they're doing a good job, but there's nothing underlying their integrity. And sooner or later, their, their lives fall apart. And unless you change, you will be what you are becoming. You need to get off this road that, that you've been on. You need to seek God with all your heart. You need to, to turn your will and your life over to his care. Christian leaders live by a high, higher standard than others. And integrity is difficult. Are you living with integrity? Are you really living with integrity? And then the last one is God uses leaders with character. The best Christian leaders seek to serve others. It's not about them. It's about serving God. It's about serving those God has, has called to, to rescue out of, out of this world. Make your goal to, to lead like Jesus led. If necessary, be treated as Jesus was treated. I lose a lot of friendships because of my boldness about God, about Jesus. Some people just don't want to talk to me. Some people are so lost that, that when I do try to help them, they run. And, and I know that, that most likely what, what's happening is I'm planting a seed, and somewhere along the line, somebody else will plant the seed. And if those of us who stay diligent in the kingdom continue to work, that particular person may one day be saved. Make your life mission to lead other people to Jesus. To, to, to lead like Jesus led. Some people will follow your, your discipleship. Most won't. Some will throw stones at you. The point is that Christian leaders... They don't seek a position. They seek to be like Jesus. He did what he had to do. Are you willing to do that? So I ask you, how is your character? How active is your heart? What can you do right now to strengthen your character? To stop living the way you've been living. To turn your will and your life over to the care of God. To live for his glory. To, to spend these final days bringing in the harvest for, for his kingdom. And I challenge you that, that you will take action on these things and that you will move forward. 
So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together, God. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you're with us each and every week, God. We pray that you're uh, each and every day, God, that you're just leading and guiding us, giving us the character traits, Lord, that we we need to, to do your will in these end times, God, these, these days where, where you're getting ready to return, Lord, that, that we're able to, to make a difference, God that we're able to bring light and hope in, into the darkness, that we're able to be different, God, that people see the differences and that they know that it's clear that the difference in our lives compared to their lives, God, is that you are alive and living in each one of us, Lord. God, we pray for a great week ahead. We pray that you put us in, in situations and circumstances that allow us to glorify your name, to lift you up, God, to... to just glorify you and, and, and do your will, Lord. Let your kingdom come to this earth. Let your will be done, Lord. We glorify you. We praise you. I pray that you, uh, you bless each one of us, God. We know that your word uh, says that you, you are there for each one of us, God, taking care of us, blessing us. And we, we know that, that the path to victory in this life is through you. We glorify you. We honor you. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But be